Father God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for what you've done in this place, what you're doing in this place. Oh, God, we thank you that just a few of your baptized believers and others have drawn near to give you glory and praise, God. Truly, you are worthy. Now, God, we stand in the need of a word from you, God, and we believe, Father God, that you will speak. Hallelujah, we need a word from you. Speak, Lord, yeah, God. And we'll leave this place more humbly submitted and boldly committed to spread the good news of you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. People of God say amen, 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 amen. You may be seated for a few minutes, yeah. Recognizing this God who we have found already never leaves us nor forsakes us, amen. Amen, his love is unfailing. He's the same God that Jeremiah 31 and three says, this God of all drew us with an everlasting love, amen. And his mercy is unfailing. Yes, yes. We're going to venture into scripture references today of Daniel, the third chapter. We're going all the way back into the Old Testament. I know the last messages we've heard, well, from me, from God, through me, have come from the New Testament. Today, we're going all the way back into the Old Testament. And once again, we'll reiterate the profound truth that the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going back into the Old Testament. And we're going to go to the book of Daniel. And we're going to look at the third chapter. I believe we've got the King James Version up here, yes. We're going to be starting at the 14th verse of the third chapter of Daniel. Before we do this, I want to acknowledge, as you find this, I want to acknowledge uh, my constituents in the gospel. I like that word, don't you? Constituents in the gospel. I want to recognize uh, Pastor Karen Pickens. Yes, Trinity Full Gospel, who preached the mighty word in this place on last week. Amen. Amen. I want to recognize a good friend he has become a one that God has placed in this fellowship to inspire us and teach us and preach to us. And he's a man of God. And I look forward to those first and third Sundays when we see him. And that is Pastor Rudy Maybell. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I thank God for his lovely wife while we're on it. And she's sitting way in the back trying to be incognito. <laughs> Lady Z, yeah, she back there, y'all. Amen. <laughs> you can't hide. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. 
and we thank God for all the other ministers that are present and the house is full of preachers today let's thank God for them yeah preachers and ministers yeah and if I start calling names I'll miss some but we got preachers and ministers we've got elders and prophets and prophetesses oh my god evangelists who are serious about getting the word out amen yeah 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 pastors and teachers and prophets and oh my god the fivefold ministry is alive and well and in the house yes yes then we've got some upcoming right who's looking to, soon to be right here behind this sacred desk amen so we thank god and then I want to take this time to announce as we get ready to go into the scripture that we got four candidates for baptism. Adults, yeah, hallelujah. Stand up three of your four, all four of them are here. Yeah, stand up candidates for baptism. There they go. Oh, we got five. Oh, there they go, y'all. There they go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're looking forward to putting them, dunking them right in the other sanctuary next door on the third Sunday in February. Amen. So we're looking forward to that. Profess believers in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ want to go in what Jesus said, go and be baptized. Yeah, amen. Yeah, yeah. And baptize others. Amen. So as we look at Daniel, the third chapter, beginning at the 14th verse, it says, Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not you serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if you be ready that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery and dulcimer and all kinds of music you fall down and worship the image which i have made well but if you worship not you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning fiery furnace and who is that god that shall deliver you out of my hands shadrach meshach and abednego answered and said to the king oh nebuchadnezzar we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto you, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship your golden image which you have set up. <laughs> then I call your attention before we go on to verse 17. Our God whom we serve is able. Now go down to Daniel, the third chapter, the 26th. And we're going to read the 26th and the 27th verse. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. And the princes, the governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, 
saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Oh, considering, before you sit down, considering that our theme for this year of our One Love Fellowship is humbly submitted and boldly committed, and considering that these boys would not bow down to any other God, and they knew that their God would deliver them, I offer you our subject for this morning, the awesome dynamics of love and providence. Is that all right? Amen. Now you turn, yeah, now you turn to somebody. Come on, look them in the eyes. <laughs> Come on, look them in the eyes. I don't see you looking, Cameron. Find somebody's eyes. <laughs> yeah. And let's say together, when you put love and providence together, you better not mess with God's people. And in case, come on, you haven't noticed, I'm one of God's people. <laughs> now let's give God some hand praise. Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a great time to discuss three young men who refused to bow down to somebody else's God. Oh, what an appropriate time to revisit this. For many of us know this story already. You heard it as little children, and you heard it here, and you've heard preachers preach it. But guess what, you all? There is somebody in this room who never heard this story. Mm. See, preachers assume that everybody has heard it. But there are some who's never heard it, right? And they don't know the intricacies of God's providence and power and love at this particular time. Yes. So it's an appropriate time. Yes, it is to revisit this. Yes. And as we focus on a God whose dynamics rescues and saves and turns situation around, I believe that God is sending this message to somebody. And I venture to say to somebodies, yeah, because I, I have been one of those, and I know, yes, yes, I believe that God is sending this to all of us who need to revisit the fact that he's a deliverer. Yeah, at this time, yes, yes, yes. I want to give you just a little background, okay? Just in case you didn't know or haven't heard this story and don't know the background. It seems that this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace took place about 600 years before Jesus Christ was born. And that's why we're in the Old Testament telling of this. It was a time when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon besieged Jerusalem. And he took captive many people. And he also took captive 
four young men. He took Daniel, uh-huh, and he took three other young men captive, and he placed them in the palace, in the castle. Amen. Now, Daniel was called, um, they were all from the tribe of Judah. These were all God's people, okay? We've been studying this in the Bible study on Thursday nights. Many more of you can join us. Yeah, we're learning all about this. Yeah, yeah, these were from the tribe of Judah. Daniel was called Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. These were the ones, yeah. And once in captivity, the youths were given new names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was renamed Shadrach. Michelle was assigned Meshach. And Azariah was named Abednego. And I heard the little joke. You probably heard the little joke that Abednego was a bad Negro. Okay, all right, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, you, you probably heard that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these four Hebrew youths soon proved themselves to be exceptionally wise. And as a result of this, their wisdom, their consistency, their, um, their ethics, um, Daniel was placed over the king's um, accounts. He was placed in a high position over the whole province of Babylon, including all of the wise men of the land. Now, at Daniel's request, he wanted his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, now, re, you know, renamed Shadrach, he wanted them to also be part of the accounting and the ruling of the territory, and the king honored that. He placed all four of these guys, yeah, in high positions. But then King Nebuchadnezzar had a huge golden image built as a symbol of his power and glory. He then commanded all the people, all of them in his kingdom, all his captains, everybody, that at the sound of a musical herald, they were all to bow. That's right. Yes, and they were to worship his golden image. Uh-huh. Yes, and anybody who didn't do it, he said anybody who didn't do it would be, would be thrown into a fiery furnace. Not just a furnace on a little low setting, but a big fiery furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, however, worshiped the only true God, our God, our great Jehovah, our creator, the one who set the sun ablaze in the sky. Yeah, they worshiped the one whose spirit moved across the face of the waters at creation. Yeah, they worshiped the God who had placed the stars, who had thrown the moon. Yeah, the one who had spoke creation into existence. Yeah, the one who had, had taken the earth and clay of the, of the ground and formed man. And then out of there took his rib and formed, whoa, man, yeah. This was the God. God they worship yeah they don't care who had captured them this was a God they worship yes and so when they hear the command they said oh Nebuchadnezzar we have no need to answer you this matter if this be so our God whom we serve because see can you imagine the king brought them to him he said you know hey you fellas 
I, uh, I made you over this and over that, not giving. Now I hear you're the ones that's going to disobey my command. What's up with that? What's up with that? And I can imagine them saying, well, we serve another God. We serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We serve the God of our fathers. And he said, but look, you're bad examples. You're making me look bad. <laughs> you got to do what I say do. And he had put out a decree. Anybody who didn't do it would be thrown in a fiery furnace. So now this is insult on top of insult. You know, and he said, so I have to do what I said I was going to do. Now, if you all don't do it, I'm throwing you in the fiery furnace. Mm. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were bound and cast into the flames. And they tell me the fiery blast was so hot, it killed the soldiers who had escorted them there. Mm. But you know how this thing turned out, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, when the king bent down and looked into the furnace, he didn't see three young men. He said, wait a minute. Didn't we put three young men in there? I see four walking around in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one of them looked like the son of God. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. So he called it to the furnace. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come on out of there. Y'all God is something else. Woo-wee. And when they came out, no sign of fire was anywhere on them. Nothing was singed. Nothing was burned. No smell of smoke was on them. Nebuchadnezzar had to say again, y'all God, here's something else. Yeah. Now let us look at this a little bit more closely. Let's bring this on down to our times. If someone told you and me that if we didn't denounce our God and bow down to their God or take on what they said we have to do, we would be thrown into a hot burning furnace. I begin, we would begin to rationalize. We begin to bargain. We begin to do everything. Uh, um, you want my money? I got about $100 in my purse. You, you can have it. Um, and, and you can send your folks with me. We can go to the bank and we can get out some more. I mean, just don't, you know, I mean, whatever you want. You want my car? You can have my car. You, you, you want my husband? Oh, no, 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 no. We take that back. Can't have my husband. <laughs> but please, please don't throw me in that fire. Mm. Seriously, though, I believe our Father God wants us to understand some things today. Even as China sends up some kind of weird balloon to spy on us, and we had to shoot it down. Even as mass killings in ordinary places, Walmart, drugstore, all of the 
club partying and you know enjoying a concert all of a sudden shots ring out people are thrown you know fleeing mm. even as our children at the schools are shooting each other and shooting the teacher what's up with that you know even as police and civilians war against each other and there is great unrest in America. Seem like there's no peace in America. Fact, peace in America is a fleeting phenomenon. Yes, it is. Yet I believe God wants us to know that he sees our personal inflamed entanglements. I believe that's why he's sending us this message today. Yes, because, yes, because even though everything is going on negatively, seemingly around us, we've got some personal things we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah, something that has knocked on our front door. Yes, something that has met us up with us on our jobs. Something that's bothering us on our, in our schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some personal things. Yeah, something that's messed with my pockets. I can't afford this. I can't afford that yeah people are telling me no you can't get no car yeah people are telling us yeah uh-huh yeah your job there's no job available for you hmm I believe there's some personal inflamed entanglement seemingly inescapable bondages your fears that some of your closest friends and loved ones they know about but then your fears and entanglements that you can't tell nobody but God. Yes, I believe that the word of God is coming today for our personal entanglements. And I believe he's speaking, you coming out? Oh God, you coming out? Hmm. In fact, those things that you can't tell anybody but him, Yes, he already knows. Yes, yes, that's why he sent his word. And the Bible says that the word of God, this is in Hebrews 4 and 12, that the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, he already sees what's got you bound. Yeah, he knows your thoughts and intents. Some of you are even contemplating suicide. He knows this. Oh my God. That's why he's sending this word to you today. Yes, he is. Mm. God says my word will break it all. You know, joint and marrow are very closely entwined, yes. And he can separate that, yes. The word of God separates soul and spirit. They're closely entwined, yeah, in our bodies. Yes, they are. And in our hearts. And he's a discerner of everything he already knows. I like that song that used to say, while we trying to figure it out, God done already worked it out. Yeah, he can work it out, yeah, yes, right. I wanna give you all a personal story. 
You know, we can stand up here all day and pretend like this message is just for you all. And we ain't going, we're not going through anything, you know, because we're saved and sanctified and delivered and baptized. And yeah, right, right. But I want you to know the devil is after us more than he's after some of you. Yeah, he's really after every believer. But the song says, I'm so glad. Yeah, the devil missed his soul that he thought he had. Yeah, but he still, God allows, God allows him to mess with us. Yes, he does. Right. Our faith is tested. Yeah. Yes, it is, but we have to hold on. I want to relate to you a personal story. It's almost embarrassing. On this week, this past week, I was asked to do something very special for a friend. I got the call, it seemed like, and then my husband, uh, he was on his way home, and I told him, I said, I said, honey, I said, I know this goes above and beyond, what we usually do, I says, but we need to help this friend for this time, and let's see how this work out. And he said, what? And so he's on his way home, and when he gets there, he said, well, let's pray about it. And I'm surprised. I'm really surprised because I think it was just a few months ago he said, no way. But anyway, he began to entertain the idea well, things were all set up, and we called a friend, and I told her she's a believer, and she goes to another church. I said, yeah, we can help you out. We can help you out, right, uh-huh, and we're going to do this for you. So she called the agency that who was in charge of all of this, and then I get a call from the agency, and the agency said, you won't be able to do this because there's a blight on your name. There is something in your files, our files, that you cannot do this. And I said, what? And I'm trying not to tell you all all the particulars. I said, what? Oh, yeah, you've got the most serious blight on your name right now, and we cannot do this, but we like to do this, but, you know, it might take months. You could try it all again. So what? And I was cut to the core. My, my, my. Something placed in my files by an associate who no longer even worked for that agency. A mark against the very thing in my character that I feel most graced to have. I was horrified. So I began to call around. Well, what do I do to remove that? I began to call around like crazy. I shared it with Carl, and I said, I, I don't, you know, I'm trying to figure out how could this possibly happen. I do remember this and that and this and that. So I was calling around like crazy, trying to speak to official after official. And most of them didn't answer their phones. No, they didn't answer their phones. And the very characteristic that, like I said, that I felt most graceful was being, oh, I was just going under you all. I was just dying in uh, embarrassment, dismay. Mm. And so I said, I'm going to go to the very office. Yeah. I'm driving to the very office. They won't answer their phones. I'm going there. Nehemiah, I said, I'm driving there. So I went there, yeah, but before I went in, 
I pray, God, please work this out. Please, you know, please. They won't answer their phones. They probably already got the word, you know. Don't be bothered with her, you know. So I went in. I went in and I, I rang the bell and a young girl, yeah, came to the door. Kind of looked like Bricari. She came to the door. She looked out. She said, may I help you? I said, yeah. I said, um, I need to speak to somebody about this. And she said, well, everybody's out at lunch. Or what? I said, but can I just come in for a second and kind of talk to you? She opened the door. She let me on in. She said, well, I'll tell you something. I'm new here. I know I can't help you. But I said, well, please just listen to me. I, you know, I just wanted to talk it out. Yeah, I just wanted to talk about it. I said, well, there is some kind of blight on my name, and I did deal with this agency some time ago, and I says, and I'm very, and I told her the whole story. And she stood there like, mm-hmm. She's writing little notes. Mm-hmm. She's taking notes. So finally, one of the supervisors came back from lunch. And she said, oh, she said, this lady, and she's looking at her like, why did she let me in? I knew that's what she was saying. I hope I didn't get the young girl in trouble. But anyway, she said, come on in. Come. I done that. She, she told me, come, come sit here. So I sat down. She didn't take me back in the office. She sat me right in the forest. Sit down. Yeah. So I sat down, and I began to narrate what I had been told and why it possibly could have been happened erroneously. And she told me, well, that agent no longer worked there. And I kind of knew that already. And I said, well, is there anything that can be done to remove this from my name? I says, you know, and I thought, okay, I'm going to tell her who I am. I says, I am a minister of God. I'm the pastor of Everlasting Love Ministries. And, you know, I'm a child of God. And this thing on my, on my, is a, a front to my character. This has to be removed. She said, hmm, I'm Muslim. And she had an accent too. She says, I, I've worked here 20 years. And I've never, I've never dealt with a case like this. So I can't help you. And not kindly dismiss me from her office but less than kindly or gently. I got to go and get busy doing my work, but I'll give you the number, and you may want to call down. Well, I cannot help you. So I took me and my title. I even told my husband some minister. He's a man with children of God. We're I'm Muslim. So I took all this outside the door. And as I got in the car, and oh, she said, oh, you, you may want to call this number. I don't know. So she gave me a number, and I got to go back into my office. I'm sorry. So I left, and I got in my car, and I, once again, I felt so terrible. Now, I don't know about you all, but I'm a crybaby. <laughs> when I feel mistreated, yeah, and I feel overwhelmed, I cry. Uh-huh. Y'all thought I was real strong, didn't you? <laughs> so I began to cry, and I said, Lord, help me. Help this. I don't want that on my name. I don't want, I don't care if it is way back in some files. I don't want that. And so I drove home. Well, I told 
Kyle that what I had done it was an unsuccessful trip. I didn't talk to them, you know, and they say they couldn't help me and they gave me some little number. And I looked at the number, I think it was one of the numbers I had called already and got no answer. So I sat there, but let me tell you what God did. Oh, let me tell you what God did. It's still some bad stuff coming up though. I went to sleep. You know, at our regular bedtime, I went to sleep. And the devil thought, oh, I got great opportunity to make this thing even worse. And I had a dream like I hadn't had in many years. I had a nightmare. I dreamed Carl and I went to a warehouse to pick up something. Mm-hmm. And the faces of the two men who let us in closed a big iron door behind us. Now, we didn't recognize that too much at first in the dream, but we're telling them what we came for, and I think it had something to do, the warehouse, the whole picture of it had something to do with the picture we had watched called uh, Touched by an Angel the night before. Okay, so, but I'm in this huge warehouse, and these two men says, now, we got to leave, but we'll be right back, uh, so you all can just make yourselves comfortable. And so, but they went out, and we saw them reach up and touch, this is the dream now, touch something, okay? And the heat began to come up, and they left, and they locked the door, they went out, and it was a steel door, and see, the dream was so real, I could actually see the color of the cold gray steel. I could actually feel it. I could, you know, and the heat was rising. And oh, and I said, girl, I don't think they're coming back. And we tried to get out, and we were trapped, and I started touching the door. We started yelling and calling, and believe it or not, I didn't even think about a phone. You know, that wasn't part of the dream. <laughs> Had a phone in my pocket, could have called the police. But no. I'm dreaming and it was just so horrid. I'm caught, it got hot. I could feel the heat. I said, I think we're gonna die in here. And I haven't told, Carl is just not here in this dream. But anyway, and, and it was such a horrible dream that I fought. Have you ever been dreaming and you force yourself to wake up and you say, I'm coming out, I'm coming out, and your eyes won't open. I'm opening my eyes and I'm gonna be out of this dream because I knew it was a dream. I, and I, and, and I couldn't, it took me so long to open my eyes. But when I opened my eyes, the dream was still there. So I sat up on the side of the bed and I said, Jesus, Jesus, please help me. I want to forget this dream. It was a night I realized, please, Lord. And I heard the voice of God. God speaks. He said, don't you know who I am? I can deliver you from any place. Yes. Formed against you shall prosper. I break chains. I open doors. Yeah, God. And I can hear the voice. Are you doubting who I am? Oh boy. Late at night. And so I got back in bed. And I went back to sleep. And a sweet peace. Oh my God. A sweet peace came over me. The next morning, I didn't tell Carl the dream, but I felt such peace. And then after such a dream, the little blight on my name, <laughs> after such a dream like that, it paled in comparison. Who cared about a blight on my name? I'll kick you out. Yeah, yeah, who cares? 
keep your love. Name your blight on my stain on my name. God gonna work out something else. And there was such a peace. And as we sat down, it was about 9 or 10 in the morning to do our morning devotion together, the phone rang. Hmm. The phone rang. And the lady says, hello, I'm such and such and such. Um, I got word that there's a problem with a stain on your name, a blight on your name, and a hold on your name. And she went on to tell, and she says, well, and I said, yeah. And I said, I went to the offices and whatever, and I started telling my story. And maybe, and I don't know the agent I work with, and I don't understand why she would put this in my mouth. And she says, I feel your pain. She said, honey, she says, it's in my hands now. And then I could tell she was a child of Christ. God, this was my sister in Christ. Everything was all right now. Yes, yes. And when I said, I'm a minister, and then Carl said, may I talk to her? I said, yeah. And he said, listen, you don't know my wife. He said, my wife is such a, he went on sort of some stuff he said up here. Yeah, right. And she said, oh, that's such a blessing. She said, I could tell you all are some wonderful people. She said, now I got a file of stuff on my desk, but I'm getting to this today. She said, I'm getting to this today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And she said, we'd be hearing from her on Monday. I know it's already worked out. Yeah, while I was trying to figure it out, <laughs> God done already worked it out. And I'm here to tell you about the dynamics of love and providence, the awesome dynamics of love. God loves us, and he runs it all. He's the one in control. He runs every agency. He runs every company. They tell me even the king's heart is in his hand. That means the president of every nation. His heart, yeah, his heart is in God's hand. Yes, every callous palace, every castle, every, every major company, every government, everything. God runs it. Providence, amen. And because he loves us. When you put love and providence together, you got some awesome things happening. You got some power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember you're from math class, if you put two parts of hydrogen with one part of water, I mean one part of oxygen, you got what? Water, right, amen, amen. If you put love, God love, God's love with his providence, his ability to run it all. Yeah, you got power. Hallelujah. These are his dynamics. He's the one, yes, he is, who controls it all. I'm ending now, and as we watched on TV this week, the battle going on, the escalating wars. My husband points out fighter jets flying along beside other planes, amen shooting down something coming against others. Today, I thank God. Amen. Yes, I thank God for placing around me, whoo-wee, some fighting planes. Yeah, hallelujah. Some warring spirits. Yes, God. Hallelujah. I think I shared, not the details, but I think I shared with some of these ministers right there some of the things that was happening and they went to war. Hallelujah. Yes, I thank God my husband is on that wing of that plane, my chief fighting jet pilot. Yeah, that God is allowing. Amen. Hallelujah. So we see 
that they can't win. I remember in that song, The Wiz, the scarecrow, wasn't he that saying, you can't win? Yeah, right, uh-huh, right. Harriet Tubman was this little black lady, and since we celebrate celebrating Black History Month, she found out God's providence and love worked together. Yes, she was led through dark woods with no road maps, uh-huh. And dogs couldn't stop her, they couldn't catch up with her. Men couldn't fire at her because they couldn't see her. <laughs> yeah, and she led over 300 people to freedom in God's dynamics and love. Barking dogs can't pick up your tracks. <laughs> yeah, guns can't shoot you, no. No, 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 because they can't see you because you're covered in grace. Amen. Yes, the dynamics of his love has no comparison. Yes, yes, yes. The dynamics of his providence. If you can't remember the word dynamics, think about dynamite. If you watch, uh, if you watch, what was that show with JJ? Good times. Yeah, when something was really good, he's a dynamite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the putting together of love and providence. Yes, dynamite. God's love for his children destroys all the elements. Yes, sent to destroy your character, sent to destroy your body. Mm-hmm. Sent to destroy your mind. Yes. Yes. Children of God are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Yes. He gets us out of demeaning situations because of his dynamite power. Yes. The psalmist says, he's my fortress and my shield. Yes. When the enemies come against us, his shield. Woo! His blood covers us. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if I'm going to bow to anybody, Nebuchadnezzar, I serve you notice. If I'm going to bow to anybody, it's going to be my God. Yes. Who won't leave me nor forsake me. Yes. And even now, <laughs> he's not finished. Hallelujah. He's not finished. Yeah, if you walked in here with a problem, he's not finished. You got to leave confident. We have this confidence. Yes, and we are persuaded. Hallelujah. Yes, we are. Yes, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You don't leave here bound up anymore. You leave with confidence. No union coming against you. No company coming against you. Nobody coming against you shall prosper. God is a good God. Ah, come on out of that furnace, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Your God is something else. Y'all's God is something else. Hallelujah. And we thank God. We thank God for the message today.